Hello, it is the summer of uh, 2022 and welcome to the International so uh, Soccer Podcast by Canada Soccer Files. I'm Kevin. And I'm Connor. And today we are doing Group A of African Cup 2023 qualifying, uh, which is already underway. Yeah, we actually did a series on the teams of the uh, African Cup 2021. Um, before that took place, it took place in January uh, 2022. And we'll be changing our format a bit uh, as a result of that. So rather than repeating uh, what we podcast there, we'll be providing a link in the show notes, as well as the times at which each team is discussed uh, in that podcast. So interested listeners can go back to the uh, soccerfiles.captivate.fm and click on the link in the show notes to bring up that podcast. And we're going to repeat that address right at the end of the podcast uh, a bit more slowly. That's right. So uh, the information there will be a more detailed uh, World Cup overview and more detailed look at the finals of the African Cup tournaments, uh, which we're only going to cover briefly here. Uh, this time we will be focusing on African Cup qualifying campaigns as well as recent history. So for teams that were not covered in the earlier set of podcasts, uh, we will give a more complete history here. Right. And uh, the only team here that wasn't covered in those podcasts is uh, Sao Tome and Principe. So uh, the format will be a little bit different for them than for the other teams. Let's look at the uh, three sections that we're going to cover in this podcast. So with part one, uh, we'll begin with a look at uh, who is in the group which pot they came from, and some geographical information about each country. Right, and part two is the longest part. It's a team-by-team -team overview uh, with a quick review of their participation and major achievements, uh, an overview of their African Cup history with a deep dive into their African Cup qualifying history since uh, we are looking at African Cup qualifying here, and to uh, end it, uh, a summary and a sense of their recent form with a brief look at their players, uh, particularly who's been scoring their goals. Right. And we end with a comparison of the teams to their head-to-head -head meetings and FIFA and ELO rankings. Uh, this will launch us into a discussion of their prospects and our predictions. And thrillingly, uh, we can check how accurate we are by checking the first two sets of the six-set qualification, uh, which took place in June 2022. Um, one of us has not looked at the results, so specific predictions will be made and then checked. Right, and you haven't looked at the results, right, Connor? No, I haven't. Okay, well, uh, I had to to uh, to set up this podcast, but um, I will try to uh, find a way to avoid looking at the results in the later group. Um, and then, uh, yeah, at the end, we'll provide the links and a kind of a slow readout of our uh, address that you can go to to click on and find the podcast for the previous episodes uh, for those who want to delve more into the history of the teams. Now, I try to represent in my shirt color uh, Nigeria's colors for those on the video, uh, but my shirt collection isn't going that well, Connor. I, I don't think I have any African teams in my wardrobe. Uh, we'll have to work on that. Um, <laughs> For myself, I'm wearing a Cardiff shirt, but um, lest you think there's no link, um, it's Cardiff had uh, a Nigerian player, Shea Alofanjana, 
and Sierra Leone player Stephen Cocker. So that's my link. Nice tie-in. Very nice. <laughs> Great. All right. Let's begin with uh, part one, uh, an overview of the group, beginning with the seeding. Right. Um, so we'll just look at the pots that each team came from. There were four. Um, so Nigeria are the pot one team. They were seeded. Uh, from pot two, we have Sierra Leone. Uh, from pot three, Guinea-Bissau. And pot four, Sao Tome and Principe. Okay, great. And by the way, uh, do you uh, know how to pronounce that last one? I know it's Portuguese, so I have given it my best shot. Okay. Um, <laughs> well, forgive us if we're not getting it right. Uh, let's begin with a look at the geography of Nigeria, uh, the, where it is and the population. All right. So Nigeria is uh, 925,000 square kilometers. So it's the 14th largest in Africa, but it's the most populous country in Africa um, with 211 million people, which is almost 100 million more than second place Ethiopia. So it's just a massive country, uh, seventh most populous country in the world. Right. And uh, for those watching on the YouTube, we, we do have a graphic on the screen, but we're always conscious that most of our listeners are on podcast. So I'm going to give a little description, uh, hopefully creating a picture of where it is. Uh, Nigeria is a large country in West Africa, uh, actually mid-north and mid-west. Uh, and it's where the east and west coastline becomes a north-south coastline uh, in Africa. So going clockwise, it is surrounded by Nigeria. Uh, sorry, not Nigeria. It's surrounded by Niger from 10 o'clock to 1 o'clock. And then from Cameroon to 1 o'clock, uh, from 1 o'clock to 5 o'clock. And the Atlantic Ocean from 5 o'clock to 8 o'clock. And Benin on the west from 7 o'clock to 10 o'clock. All right. Uh, next country is Sierra Leone. Um, it's a small country. Um, just 72,000 square kilometers, um, so about the size of Ireland, uh, which ranks it 40th out of the 54 uh, countries in Africa. And its population is 8.3 million, uh, which is 33rd on the continent. All right. And uh, yeah, Sierra Leone, as Connor said, is a very small country in West Africa. And it's to the mid, uh, to the, uh, in the mid to north part of Africa. So going clockwise, it's surrounded by uh, Guinea from 10 o'clock to 3 o'clock, Liberia from 3 o'clock to 5 o'clock, and then the Atlantic Ocean on its west side from 5 o'clock to 10 o'clock. Great. Next is Guinea-Bissau. Um, it's 36,000 square kilometers, so 42nd largest in Africa or 13th smallest. Um, and its population is 1.5 million, uh, which ranks 46th or 9th smallest. Um, among all countries in Africa. Right, and it's uh, just a little bit north of uh, Sierra Leone there, a uh, very small country in West Africa. Uh, going clockwise, it's surrounded by Senegal from uh, 11 to 3 o'clock, and Guinea from 3 to 5 o'clock, and the Atlantic Ocean from 5 to uh, 11 o'clock. It's actually Guinea uh, that separates uh, Sierra Leone and Guinea-Bissau. Right. Um, and then our last country is Sao Tome and Principe, um, or Principe, I'm not, not quite sure. Um, it's a tiny country, uh, just under a thousand square kilometers. Um, so it's the second smallest country in Africa by land area. 
And it's also the second smallest in Africa by population at just 210,000 people. Um, so that is 1,000 times smaller than Nigeria uh, in terms of population. Wow. Yeah, they're a pair of islands uh, uh, just south of Nigeria, actually. Again, where the uh, east-west coastline of Africa becomes a north-south coastline. And uh, across the Atlantic Ocean to the north at 12 o'clock, as I said, is Nigeria with Cameroon at 1 o'clock. Uh, Equatorial Guinea across, across the ocean at 2 o'clock and Gabon at 3 o'clock. And from 6 o'clock to 12 o'clock, it's uh, open ocean to the west. That's right. So all four countries um, on the Atlantic Ocean, or in Sao Tome's case, in it. Um, and then, yeah, just by comparison, um, so we really have one giant country in terms of population and size, which is Nigeria. And then the other three, uh, Sierra Leone, Guinea-Bissau, and Sao Tome, um, are pretty small, with Sao Tome being really minuscule um, by comparison with less than a quarter million people. Right. Okay. So we have a, a giant uh, anamino in this group. And we'll begin with the giant, Nigeria. Um, do we have a nickname for Nigeria, Connor? We do. They are the super eagles. All right. The super eagles. Well, we'll begin with uh, an overview of their participation and achievements. So Nigeria's first entry into the World Cup was in 1962 but they joined the African-Asian boycott in 1966, but then participated consistently from 1970. Uh, their participation in the African Cup, though, was patchy uh, until that time also. They joined uh, only two of the five cups after their first entry in 1962, but then participated consistently uh, from 1972. In terms of achievement, their strength is evident in Africa from 1976, uh, but it didn't reflect on the world stage until their first World Cup qualification in 1994. Uh, there, they reached a round of 16, which was their best ever finish in the World Cup, and they have achieved that uh, three times. As mentioned, their power in Africa was uh, obvious earlier with their first African Cup title in 1980, and uh, it's a result they uh, also have achieved three times. Okay, right. so any comments on that? Just a quick glance at their uh, participation and achievements, Connor? No, I think you summed it up well, um, but I can, um, we're not gonna really look at the World Cup history in much detail, but we will talk about their 2022 um, World Cup qualifying results, given that they were uh, very recently played games. That's right. It's not on our YouTube graphic there, but um, uh, we're going to look at it uh, separately as part of their recent history. And in fact, that's what we're going to now. Go ahead, Connor. So they received a buy in round one of three, which is a preliminary round of qualifying for the 2022 World Cup. Um, in the second round, Nigeria won all away games, but struggled at home is a bit uncharacteristic among African countries. Uh, they beat Liberia in the first game at home, but lost on a late goal to Central African Republic and tied Cape Verde in the final game, uh, but nevertheless finished first in round two of three. Um, in the third round playoff, they lost to Ghana, tying scoreless away 
um, but one one at home, so losing out on the away goals rule. Right, and that was just uh, in June, was that? Yeah, I believe so. Um, yeah, very. Yeah, recent. anyway, it was recent, and uh, they just knocked out of the World Cup despite tying both games. Yeah, as you mentioned, they've been pretty regular participants in the World Cup um, recently, but um, will not be at the World Cup in Qatar. Right. Okay, well, now we'll turn our attention to the uh, African Cup. We're starting just with a, an overview uh, of the whole thing before we go into a deep dive into qualifying. So uh, they qualified for their second African Cup. Uh, they entered in... Uh, no, that was their first African Cup because they were withdrew in 1962. Uh, but they remained a weak, a weak to middling team until 1976. Since then, uh, though, they've been the best team in African, or arguably the best team in Africa. Egypt has more titles, but uh, they finished third or better 14 of the 16 times that they qualified from 1976 to 2013. Uh, and they missed four cups during that time. Uh, two of them were a result of a protest over um, South Africa hosting in 1996. So they have won three titles uh, in 1980, 1994, and 2013. But we won't look at their, uh, their records so much in the finals here, but uh, their qualifying record. And they've been around so long that this uh, this is a bit long. Their first few quali qualification campaigns were filled with drama. In 1962, which was their first entry, they tied Ghana twice in the first round. And since there was no kind of deciding factor at that time, like goals away, which actually Nigeria would have won on, uh, or penalties, it went to a drawing of lots, but Nigeria won. Uh, in the second round, they beat Tunisia in the first leg at home, and they were up a goal in the second leg when Tunisia scored at 65 minutes. Nigerian players walked off the field. Uh, they felt the goal was unfair, and they also thought the referee was helping Tunisia to a win. Uh, and the aftermath was Tunisia being awarded a 2-0 win, and it was Tunisia who advanced. 1963 was a single round of qualification. Uh, they tied Guinea in the first leg at home, but lost in the second. However, Guinea was disqualified for not providing neutral officials, and Nigeria was kind of reinstated and reached the finals. Those are two kind of interesting stories. We won't be going into that much detail on every campaign. Uh, we'll summarize by saying it would take until 1976 five tournaments later to qualify again. Uh, they hadn't entered in 1965 and withdrew in 1970. 1968 uh, featured a qualifying group, which was a bit unusual for the time since uh, two team knockouts were the norm. Uh, they came second behind Ivory Coast in 1968 and were knocked out by Congo in 1972. Uh, after beating Sudan in the first round of 1974, they fell to Zambia in the final round. Uh, in 1976, they beat Congo in the final round, and that began a, a long string of qualifications. 
Uh, and they only failed to qualify after that in 1986, where they again fell to Zambia in the in the last round of qualification. And as we mentioned in the overview, uh, in 1996, when they withdrew of, in protest of South Africa's apartheid history, and then in 1998, where they were disqualified as a result of that withdrawal. Uh, the next non-qualification after that was in 2012, which will be discussed in time. But we're going to return to their successful qualifying campaigns from 1976 to 96. And there's no need to go through each one. We'll just pick out a couple that were uh, kind of outstanding. In 1978, for example, it was a narrow qualification over Senegal. And in 1982, they qualified automatically as defending champions, having won their first title uh, as host in 1980. Uh, their non-qualification in 1982 was a shock as it came in the middle of uh, three second place finishes in a row. In 1984, they tied Morocco twice in the final round and went through on penalties. And uh, 1992, uh, that was the year the African Cup tournament expanded to 12 teams and they started playing group uh, knockouts. And uh, this, the first proper group qualification where they finished second of five behind Ghana, although both of them went through. Uh, after a gap because of their disqualification and withdrawal, they came back in 2000 and uh, there they went through qualification undefeated until 2008 when they lost a game against Uganda. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, but having reached beyond the group stage in every cup they entered since 1982, they shockingly failed to qualify in 2012. They were bested by Guinea and finished a full six points behind them. They returned uh, to win in 2013. They won the title, but then failed to qualify for the next two cups. So that was three failures to qualify uh, with a, a, a title in the middle. Quite odd. Wow. Yeah. Uh, they finished third behind South Africa and Congo in 2015 and well behind Egypt in 2017, uh, dropping points even against Tanzania there. Uh, 2019 looked as if it might go the same way uh, when they lost their opening game, but we're going to turn over to Connor to take us through 2019 and 2021. Whew, we got through it, Connor. All right. <laughs> so, yeah, I'll talk about 2019. Um, so, in qualifying, um, they were bested by an improving South Africa, uh, losing the first leg um, at home, but they won all their other games over Libya and Seychelles to finish first in the qualifying group. Um, at the tournament, they were unconvincing at the group stage. Um, won, they won their first two games over Burundi and Guinea on a single goal, on single goal, scored fairly late, uh, before losing to upstarts Madagascar, and finishing second in the group stage behind them. After that, they beat Cameroon in the first knockout round on a goal at 89 minutes, uh, then beat South Africa to reach the semifinals where they lost to Algeria, um, but they beat Tunisia to finish uh, in third place um, in the 2019 African Cup. Right, so uh, that was a good result for them. Let's see how they did in the most recent cup in 2021. Right. Uh, so they had a very comfortable qualification, um, despite two draws with Sierra Leone, who they meet again here. 
Um, against Sierra Leone, they went 4-0 up um, in the 29th minute, or by the 29th minute in the home leg, only to allow a comeback for a 4-4 draw. Wow. Incredible. At home yet. At home. Um, we'll see if we get a repeat of that here, but I don't know yeah. if I'll be predicting it. Um, otherwise, they beat uh, Benin and Lesotho in what was probably an easy group. Um, in the tournament, they were strong in the group, beating eventual finalists Egypt, uh, then Sudan and Guinea-Bissau to finish uh, first in the group stage. Uh, a harsh red card at 66 minutes then played a role in their 1-0 loss to the defense of Tunisia in the round of 16. So that was a disappointing end to what was a promising-looking campaign. Yeah, I really thought they were going to do well, and that red card was to Alex Iwobi. Um, he was shocked by it because it, it was a, a fairly innocuous foul, but it, it did kind of risk an injury. Too bad for them. Yeah, for sure. All right, well, let's move on to a, a kind of a summary. I'm going to go back to the, uh, the uh, uh, initial graphic there. And... Um, Nigeria, so they're not uh, not not among the oldest African teams, and they were quite weak in the early years. They did become an African power from 1976, and as I said, they've arguably been uh, or have the best record among all African teams, uh, finishing in the top three in almost every cup until 2010. Uh, the power uh, showed only from 1994 on the world stage, though. But they have become regular qualifiers uh, for the World Cup. Sadly, though, not for uh, this upcoming Cup. Uh, their African play, as we saw, dropped off precipitously in 2012. Uh, but they have had some good results uh, since. Uh, do you want to talk about their consistency, Connor? Or their, their recent form? Yeah, and perhaps a lack of consistency okay. um, is the, the message here. Um, so, yeah, really wild inconsistency from 2012 to 2017. Saw them miss three cups out of four. But then, as we said, they won the, the cup they did reach in 2013. They have been more consistent since then with solid uh, qualification runs um, and a third-place finish in the 2019 African Cup. But in 2021 and 2022, um, good runs finished with a whimper. Uh, losing to Morocco in the group stage uh, of the 2021 African Cup and to Ghana in a final playoff for the 2022 World Cup. Um, so a disappointing ends there. And yeah. I said Morocco, but I meant... Um, Tunisia. Tunisia. Well. And it wasn't in the group stage. It was in the uh, round of 16. That's right. Okay, great. Well, that uh, kind of brings us to the end of their history. And we're going to take a quick look at their uh, players, particularly who's been scoring for them over the last few tournaments. And uh, do you notice any patterns there, Connor? Well, in 2019, both qualifying and at the final, Odie Agallo was their main man, scoring seven in qualifying and, and five at the tournament. Um, in uh, 2021 um, and 2022, though, um, the main man seems to be Victor uh, Osimhen, the Napoli striker, um, who got five at the 2021 tournament. Sadly for him, missed the finals, um, but he's had a good 2022 World Cup qualifying campaign um, with uh, with four goals and being the leading goal scorer there. Yeah, he definitely was a big miss at the uh, 2021, although they do have a lot of um, 
uh, a lot of forwards to choose from. And I got a bit of a bomb to drop on you, Connor, if you don't already know. Adam Ola Luckman is one of the forwards who's joined the team. Oh, interesting. Um, yeah, the, uh, the Leicester player. Yeah. Um, or I think he was, uh, was he with Leicester or was he with Fulham? Before oh, that's that? right. Yeah. Yeah, he's moved around a little bit, but he's a good player. Premier Very good player. player. Yeah. So um, uh, I think he was trying to uh, make the English team because he was born in England, but um, uh, threw his hat in with the Nigerians here. But I said they have a lot of uh, good forwards there. Um, we've mentioned Alex Awobi, who's more of a midfielder, really. But uh, Emmanuel Dennis has impressed. Uh, was he with Watford? Yes. Um, and then Kalechi Iannaccio is another who's been around for a little while. Right. And uh, Moses Simon, again, kind of a winger, was uh, really impressive in a couple of the games of the African Cup. And uh, Samuel Chukwueze uh, is with Villarreal. I think that's recent, uh, a recent move. No, no, he's been with Villarreal for a while. So, yes, uh, I feel bad we focus on forwards a bit too much, but... Um, uh, they also have a lot of good defenders, too. But we won't linger. Shall we move on? Right. Uh, next, we have Sierra Leone. Uh, right. And uh, do we have a nickname for them? The Leone Stars. The Leone Stars. There we go. Uh, let's take a look at their participation and major achievements. So they're a fa fairly senior team in terms of age. Uh, first competing for both World Cup and African Cup in 1974. Uh, they didn't enter the 1990 World Cup and they withdrew in 1994, but they've joined consistently otherwise. It's more inconsistent in the African Cup where they actually first entered in 1970, but then withdrew and they completed their first qualification in 74. But they didn't enter in 1976 and 1980 and then withdrew three times, um, 1986, 90, and 1998, completing at least one qualification between each of those. So it wasn't uh, a period they were gone for, just individual tournaments. Uh, they were also disqualified in both 2000 and in 2019. Uh, do you want to cover their major achievements, Connor? Yeah, in, in terms of achievement, they have never reached the World Cup, um, but they came closest in 1998. And um, that was a period of strength, um, as they had also reached the African Cup twice in a row in 1994 and 1996. However, they did not get past the group stage. Uh, nor did they in the expanded 2021 African Cup, um, where they reached their third cup, um, though they did well in that tournament, which we'll talk about a little later. That's right. Okay, great. Uh, now we're going to skip the World Cup overview because that was covered uh, in the previous podcast. And uh, however, we'll take a look at their most recent campaign in 2022 qualifying. So they were among the bottom 28 ranked teams in Africa required to play in round one of three, which was effectively a preliminary knockout round. Uh, their FIFA ranking was second top of those teams at 114th. And they met uh, neighbors Liberia, who were ranked 152nd. After losing by two late goals in the first leg, they won the second uh, and had the opportunity to make up the goal difference on an injury time penalty, which they missed 
uh, to be eliminated in the preliminary oh, uh, knockout round. Was tight. Uh, Liberia uh, advancing ahead of them then. Yeah, 3-2 on aggregate. All right, let's take a look at the uh, history of African Cup, beginning with a kind of an overview. Uh, their qualification campaigns were, in, uh, were inconsistent, as was their participation in early years, and uh, something that hasn't been fully resolved given their suspension in 2019 and their inconsistency in performances since. Uh, from their entry in 1970, uh, participation was patchy, and uh, it was weak when they did complete campaigns. Uh, 1988 to 1996 was a good period, though, with uh, two good qualification campaigns leading to appearances uh, in 1994 and in 1996. Uh, they did well to reach those cups, but they weren't able to get past the group stage. Sorry, we're repeating a bit here. Uh, performances were inconsistent after with good campaigns in 2004 and then from 2012 to 2017, but uh, they were interspersed with twice as many poor finishes, and they came close. Uh, the closest they came was in 2013. Uh, they tied Tunisia twice in the final round of qualification, but lost out on away goals. But uh, hopefully for them, the expanded cup uh, from 20 from what 16 to 24 teams in 2019. Uh, that expanded cup will give them a bit of a better opportunity. Okay, let's take a look at their qualifying in detail then. Um, they first entered in 1970, but withdrew, missed in 1972, and completed their first qualification in 74. And when they did complete campaigns, they were knocked out in the first round, though they were competitive at home. 1988 saw them win rounds over Liberia and Ghana before being knocked out in the final round by Nigeria and only on goal difference there. 1992 was more competitive and they went undefeated in 1994 to finish uh, on top of a group with Algeria and Senegal. Those were the two finalists in 2019. They reached the cup in 1996 but that good period ended with the withdrawal in 1998 and disqualification in 2000. They participated consistently after that, but competitive campaigns in 2004, 2012, 2013, and 2017 uh, were the only good ones, and they were weak campaigns besides that. Uh, among those, uh, as we said, 2013 was the closest, uh, 2008 and 2015, though, saw them earn just a single tie across six games uh, for last place finishes. So they did well to reach those cups, but were not able to get past the group stage. Uh, oh, no, we're not talking about uh, their performances in the cup. So uh, that's almost it. In 2017, they were competitive again, tying Ivory Coast twice and finishing second just a point behind them, and we'll take a closer look at 2019 and 21 here. Right. So 2017, that second place was not good enough to qualify them. Uh, in 2019, they started with a, a home win um, against Kenya and then a loss in Ethiopia. However, games were then suspended for government interference, uh, which later became a disqualification 
Um, so those two earlier uh, results were actually annulled. Um, in 2021, um, they lost only in Benin um, or Benin and staged a terrific comeback against Nigeria. As we mentioned, that was that incredible 4-4 draw. Yeah. Um, they tied four games, um, and their only win was in the last game at home to Benin, uh, who they, um, as a result of that, leapfrogged into second place and in an advancing position. Um, so a record of 1-4-1. One, and one. Uh, They tied Algeria in their opener at the tournament, and then Ivory Coast, which featured an incredible late equalizer, uh, where they took advantage of the goalkeeper bumbling um, a stop at the end line. Uh, however, a loss to Equatorial Guinea in the third game left them with only two points and a third-place finish, which was not enough to advance. However, they can boast finishing ahead uh, in the group of defending champions Algeria. Yeah, Algeria was uh, really ghastly in that tournament. Do you remember that play with the uh, Ivory Coast keeper? I, I do. I have to say I, I watched it probably a dozen times, so it's really yeah. burned into my memory. If you haven't seen it, you should check it out. Um, but yeah, essentially the absolutely goal. incredible. Yeah. Um, Great. Okay. Well, let's take a quick look at their players. Um, uh, their players and uh, any comments there, Connor? I think you know Kai Kamara. Yeah, he would be their biggest name. Um, he, he's played in kind of top leagues. and He's played in the United States and in brief spell in England. Um, he's their, their danger man. Um, um, however, they have other players who can goal, score goals too. Um, they have a lot of Kamaras on the team. You may remember that from uh, from their tournament. Yeah. Um, so there's a couple of them. Um, Musa Noah Kamara, um, Alhaji Kamara, um, who scored goals for them. And yes. the name um, in defense is Stephen Cocker, um, who's played in the Premier League um, and switched... Um, he did. I think he did have one cap at um, at the England level, but perhaps just a friendly. But switched his allegiance to um, Sierra Leone in time for the twenty twenty one African Cup. Yeah, I don't have him as uh, having played for England, but um, uh, uh, he is now the captain, and he wasn't actually at the time of the African Cup there. But uh, yeah, most of the players. I mean, uh, one other guy I want to point out is. Uh, Callum Cisse, who who uh, only has two caps and two goals, I think those are recent, and he's with Tottenham Hotspur, so uh, kind of a nineteen-year-old up-and-comer there. All right. Yeah, but uh, yeah, not as rich in players, of course, as uh, as South Africa. So let's uh, maybe finish uh, with a summary and a review of their recent performance. So, um, as with many African teams, they're very tough at home and have taken points from many of the top teams there, especially in their uh, in their stronger campaigns. Certainly, their best years were in the mid-90s, where they not only reached two cups, but were competitive in qualifications uh, surrounding that. Uh, unfortunately, they did not participate in World Cup competition during that time. Uh, but it does reflect in their 1998 World Cup qualification, which was their most competitive World Cup campaign. Uh, with the expansion of Africa, uh, African Cup to 24 teams, though, they uh, have an opportunity, and they took it in 2021 with a campaign that had some remarkable features. But their loss in the 2022 
World Cup preliminaries make it clear that they haven't overcome their radical inconsistency. Uh, do you want to cover their recent forum there, Connor? Yeah, so um, just on the topic of their inconsistency, so 2014, for instance, one of their more competitive World Cup campaigns, but it was followed by followed up by going out to Chad in a preliminary in 2018. Similarly, they had four competitive African Cup campaigns between 2004 and 2017, but earned only a single draw in both 2008 and 2015. Um, FIFA rankings have them at 166 in 2008, up to 54th in 2011, and down to 110 in current times. So that uh, certainly reflects the inconsistency that has, uh, has plagued them. Yeah, you never know what you're going to get with them. And it's kind of funny that they played Chad in 2018, uh, two of the most unpredictable teams in Africa. So um, uh, I wouldn't be betting on that game. All right, let's move over to uh, Guinea-Bissau. And uh, how about a nickname for them? Yeah, the nickname is the Jertus. Um, if oh, I'm saying okay. that correctly, which I believe um, refers to the wild dog. Oh, okay, cool. All right, well, we'll uh, begin with an overview of their participation and achievements. So uh, they gained independence from Portugal in 1974, but didn't enter World Cup qualification until 1998. Uh, but they participated consistently since. The same is not true of African Cup qualification, where their history from their end entry in 1994 was plagued with um, disqualifications and withdrawals and non-entries. So they participated consistently only since 2010. Uh, do you want to talk about their achievements? Of course. Um, in terms of achievement, they have not come close to qualifying for a World Cup. Uh, only in 2022 qualifying did, it, did they make it past the first round, which is usually a preliminary round. Uh, played amongst the weaker teams. In African Cup qualifying, they have never fallen at the first round, though. They technically did in 2016 and 20, or 2006 and 2010, but those qualifications were based on a World Cup uh, qualification performances. However, they have reached the Cup three times in a row from 2017 to 2021, um, but have never passed the group stage. Uh, okay, well, uh, we're not going to go in to detail uh, for the World Cup thing, but that can be found in the podcast from uh, from um, last time. Uh, but we will take a look at their recent qualifying for the 2022 World Cup. So they were, um, as they typically are, among the, the bottom teams required to play a preliminary round. Um, their FIFA ranking was 123rd, while they met Sao Tome and Principe ranked 185th. Um, that's a team, of course, they meet here. Uh, they had little trouble um, with Sao Tome in the preliminary round, um, even if it did take a late penalty to win the away leg. Um, they won 3-1 on aggregate. Um, after that, in the group stage, they had a good showing uh, for the third-seeded team in the following round, tying second-seed Guinea and besting Sudan, who was only three places behind them in the African rankings at the beginning. Uh, they were thrashed by the imperious group winner Morocco, but finished second in round two of three. So not enough to move on, but yeah, a respectable yeah, showing uh, for sure. Yeah, they're getting better for sure. 
uh, and we can see that in their African Cup history, which I'll, I'll cover here. Uh, their first African Cup campaign in 1994 saw them uh, beat Cape Verde twice in the first round knockout, but then they lost all games in the subsequent group stage. After a long absence, they celebrated their return in 2012 with a win over Kenya uh, in the first game of the qualification group. But it turned out to be the only points they would get. And after losing both games in a knockout round with Cameroon in 2013, they would wait until 2015 for their next win. Uh, this they did, passing round one of three over Central African Republic. And uh, they were in turn knocked out by uh, Botswana. Then came 2017. Uh, out of nowhere, they beat Kenya twice and bested Zambia. And despite losing both to Congo, they finished first ahead of Congo in, in qualifying and made it to the African Cup. Uh, it looked like uh, a flash in the pan, given how weak they were beforehand uh, and, and their early dismissal from the 2018 uh, World Cup. But um, uh, we'll see if they were able to build on that when we look at the recent tournaments. Now looking at their qualification in detail, uh, as we've noted, their African Cup participation was troubled. Uh, they completed their first campaign in 1994, but their third uh, came only in 2010. And that was a run that included two disqualifications and three withdrawals. Uh, they were suspended in 1998 as punishment for withdrawing in 1996. Uh, and that's actually something that CAF doesn't do anymore, uh, um, suspending someone after they withdrew. Uh, in 2008, the reason for the uh, suspension was failure to pay debts. So from 2010, though, their participation has been consistent. It was weak, though, and fairly mild. Uh, and a fairly mild group in 2012 saw them beat Kenya in their opener, but then lose all games after that. Uh, to Uganda and Angola. Uh, 2015 saw them knocked out by Botswana, and it came as a shock then in 2017 when they finished atop a group with Zambia, Congo, and Kenya to qualify for the Cup. Uh, this is a team that's so weak that uh, the expanded Cup from 2019 on doesn't necessarily mean that they'll make it. Uh, but let's see how they have fared over the most two recent Cups. So 2019 qualifying uh, saw a, a tight and topsy-turvy uh, campaign, which saw them emerge first in the qualifying group. They exchanged home wins with favourite Zambia and bested Namibia. Uh, their games with Mozambique twice saw them recover from what seemed a late losing goal to score still later to earn draws. Um, so a second qualification, really impressive. Um, yeah, just two points between the, the top team and the bottom team there. Pretty tight group. Yeah, so those late goals, extremely valuable. Um, in the tournament, though, they were unremarkable, unlike many of the smaller teams which performed well uh, in that tournament. Mm -hmm. um, they lost to Cameroon and Ghana and were lucky to get a draw with Benin, uh, but finished last in the group stage, uh, though they did earn a point. Right, well, we talked about their 2017 uh, qualification, and at that time, I really thought it was kind of a flash in the pan. Uh, 2019 brought some doubt to that. 
let's see how they did in 2021. So in that year, they came in as a third seed um, and they beat Iswatini twice, um, but otherwise lost all games until the final game where a home win over Congo leapfrogged them into the cup uh, with a second place finish uh, in the qualifying group behind top finisher Senegal, where they finished a point ahead of Congo. Um, at the tournament, they tied Sudan in their opener, but then lost to Egypt and Nigeria, two very strong teams, uh, to end up finishing last in the group. Yeah. Yeah, well, uh, incredible, though, that they've made it. Um, uh, they've made it. Let's look at some of the players uh, that have brought them there. Oh, sorry, I'm uh, scrolling the wrong thing here. And... Um, not many outstanding players there. Uh, any comments, Connor? Um, goals seem to be uh, fairly well spread around the team. And in fact, different players have kind of stepped up for the different tournaments. Um, so Frederick Mendy was their leading goal scorer in the 2019 African Cup qualifying. Um, Piketty and Jorginho led the way in 2021 African qualifying. Um, and in World Cup qualifying, it was Joseph Mendez um, who scored... Uh, four of their eight goals. Yeah, uh, Joseph Mendes, um, sorry, um, uh, Frederick Mendy seems to be on his way out. He's 33 years old and was only a sub in the uh, 2021 African Cup there. But uh, um, sorry, Joseph Mendes, uh, he's 30 years old, but still, still seems uh, quite active for them there. And uh, uh, they do have a player, Edgar Lay, who plays for uh, Traps on Spore. He made a bit, uh, um, maybe mixing up who that is. Uh, I, I, I thought he was the one who made an impression on me uh, in the African Cup there. But uh, not a lot of players um, really made an impression, I must say. Right. Okay, well, let's finish off with... Um, um, a summary and a comment on their recent form. So reaching the African Cup, uh, well, I think we can cover this in one, one section here. Uh, reaching the African Cup three times in succession is a huge achievement for a team that had seemed quite feeble before uh, 2017. Uh, even in an extended cup, or sorry, an expanded cup to 24 teams, they wouldn't be expected to be regular qualifiers. But uh, their respectable 2022 campaign has also uh, helped their ranking, which we'll see a bit later, rise uh, about 50 points. But uh, it remains to be seen if this is a particularly good period for them or whether they'll remain competitive. Any opinion on that, Connor? Well, they've, they've done well enough over the past kind of five years to show that it's not a one-off. Absolutely. Um, you know, I think for smaller countries, they can have good periods, but can, can kind of fall off if they're riding a wave of a particular generation of players. Um, we mentioned some names who are kind of in their 30s now. So I don't think they're, they'll be permanently kind of a, a mid a mid ranked team, but um, it's been a great ride for them in recent years. Yeah, yeah. It's not like some African countries where they have a, an outstanding player like uh, Ade Bayor or who was the guy for Liberia in the 90s yeah george Weah. yeah uh something like that they seem to just have a solid team uh, a lot of them playing in in uh portugal but i'm actually surprised at the range of uh 
of uh, countries that they play in. Um, but uh, yeah, none of them actually play in uh, in in the local league. Yeah, and and let's not remember that Guinea-Bissau is a very small country, one of the smaller countries in Africa, just 1.5 million people. So they're they're punching above their weight and and beating out countries with you know much larger than themselves. Yeah, absolutely, and uh, it looks like that that could continue at least for a while. All right, let's move on to our last team, Sao Tome and Principe. And uh, we'll start with a, an overview of their uh, participation and, and um, sorry, I'm losing my spot here, and achievements. Uh, they played two games in 1976 and two games in 1987, but really began as a team in earnest in 1998. They entered their first African Cup in 2000 and their first World Cup in 2002. Uh, they failed to participate in the 2010 World Cup and in three African Cups from 2008 to 12. Uh, this was actually a much longer break, which started with an 8 nothing loss to Libya in, uh, in November 2003. And they didn't play again until November 2011. And in fact, uh, disappeared from FIFA rankings uh, from 2007 to 2011. However, uh, they've become fairly consistent in participating uh, since then. Uh, not much is to be said about achievements, but do you want to cover that, Connor? Yeah, Sao Tome uh, and Principe rarely get past the first round of qualification. Um, the 2013 African Cup was the first time they did so. Uh, recently, they did so in both 2021 and uh, 2023. However, they've never gotten past the preliminary round in World Cup qualifying. Right, and we'll have to uh, take a look at their uh, 2023 World Cup qualifying uh, here. Now, in this case, we will do uh, we will do a World Cup overview because um, uh, they weren't covered in in January. So uh, they've they've never played in a group stage nor have they gotten past the first knockout round in World Cup qualification, though they do have some decent results there, including home wins uh, over Sierra Leone in 2002 and Ethiopia in 2018. Their away tie with Congo in 2014 seems impressive, but it did come after a, a 0-5 loss in the home leg. Uh, let's take a look at their most recent campaign, Connor. Right, so they were in the required to play in the preliminary round as one of the, the bottom 28 ranked teams in Africa uh, for the 2022 World Cup. Um, they met Guinea-Bissau, who they meet again here. So as we said, their ranking was 185, while Guinea-Bissau was 123. So a fair bit of disparity. Um, they keep the scoreline close, um, losing by a margin of one goal in both legs, um, but they were eliminated 3-1 on aggregate. Right, uh, that's too bad, but uh, kind of um, indicative of what we expect in this cup. Here, let's take a look at their African Cup history, beginning with an overview. Uh, having first entered qualification in 2000, it took until 2013 to win their first preliminary round. Uh, this was their fifth cup, as they had uh, not entered or withdrawn quite a bit up to that point. Uh, 2017 had no preliminary round, so it became their first group stage, uh, the second round in 2013, 
having been another knockout round. That was a, a quick qualification in 2013. Uh, but they're invariably out of their league if they do reach the group stage. Uh, however, they did register a home win in their 2017 group. Uh, that was over Libya. Okay, and that pretty much covered the uh, the uh, qualifying in detail. So we'll just move on to uh, a closer look at their African Cup 2019 and 2021 campaigns. So in 2019, they were paired with a fairly tough team for a preliminary round. Um, that was Madagascar. Um, that actually consisted of just the six weakest participants. Um, and there they lost both legs to Madagascar, so were quickly uh, out of that tournament. Yeah, that uh, uh, was unfortunate. Uh, Madagascar was lowly ranked going in, but they did fabulously in the actual cup. So probably a tougher team than, than one of the weakest teams, uh, kind of a preliminary round team. Yeah, I agree. Um, in 2021, they were one of the eight weakest teams in Africa were required to play in a preliminary round. And they did well to beat out the slightly stronger Mauritius. Um, they were no match in the group stage, though, uh, losing all games to Ghana, Sudan, and South Africa, and finishing last in the main qualifying group. Uh, the third seed, Sudan, performed well enough to finish second. Um, so it was a pretty tough qualifying group overall. Yeah, absolutely. Like, uh, Sudan's not... Sudan's kind of inconsistent, but uh, they're not really a third-tier team, I would say. All right, well, um, should we take a quick look at their players? Oh, no, we have to actually cover their uh, African Cup preliminary stage. So that's do you right. want to add that one in? Yes. 23, um, yes. So that's for this tournament, 2023. Um, so, um, yeah, so they there they were met with Mauritius once again, who they played previously. They won their home leg 1-0 and then had a 3-3 draw um, with Mauritius in the away leg. So um, the result of the first game, interestingly, um, was annulled in May and awarded a 3-0 win to Mauritius um, because Sao Tome's goalkeeper, Louis Liao, uh, was ruled to have breached COVID protocols. Um, that only lasted till June um, when um, that result or that decision was overturned on appeal. So um, kind of topsy-turvy, um, but yeah. uh, their home win stood, they tied the away leg, and here they are in the group. Yeah. <laughs> it kind of created a bit of chaos in coming into this group because until just before this group started, it was Mauritius that was, uh, that was the, the, the team, and uh, that was overturned, and suddenly uh, Sao Tome was back in it. But uh, rather than being their goalkeeper, it was actually their goal scorer, uh, who was the guy uh, kind of in trouble over over COVID protocols. And I gotta say, Connor, he's really the only the only player of note uh, that that who has kind of penetrated my consciousness for them uh, is Luis Leal. Yeah, I would agree. Um, he did score three of their goals. Um, in 2021 African Cup qualifying when they finished uh, winless. A um, couple other players scored one, but like you said, the only name that really kind of stands out at all. Yeah, there are players who play uh, uh, locally there and uh, a few players who play in Portugal uh, f 
for for smaller teams um or uh, a couple in in lower level teams in england and france so um really not much to uh, uh to go on but they are such a tiny nation that uh, they pretty much do well to pass a preliminary and actually let's uh finish with a summary uh summary of their short history uh, they remain a very weak team and they measure their success in passing the preliminary rounds over other weak teams. If they do get to a group stage, uh, they're, um, they're usually uh, outclassed and usually win all games. So uh, their, their progress can kind of be measured in terms of keeping score lines uh, respectable, which they, they generally have. Uh, do you want to talk about their recent form? Yeah, they, they can really be characterized as a team that pose some danger at home, um, but do do well, like you said, to proceed beyond the first step of qualification. However, they have done so in 2021 and 2023 African Cups, so they are getting uh, some experience at the group stage. Um, despite winning a game in 2017, uh, 2021 was arguably more successful, um, as they lost only one of the six games by more than a two-goal margin. Um, so again, trying to keep score lines tight there. Yeah. Um, and that compares to just three of the six games in 2017. Um, these are fine points, though. And if improvement uh, is the direction, it's only by small degrees. Right. Well, one thing in their favor is is when a team starts experiencing success, uh, some some players who who say are in Portugal or in other countries. Uh, kind of come out of the woodwork with with a, a connection through a grandfather or something, uh, you know. And we've seen that with some of the smaller teams in the world. Would you say? Yeah, absolutely. Um, some of the teams that made it to the last African Cup, you could probably point that to. Yeah, um, and I think with with Sao Tome, certainly the the prospect of of playing some of the bigger teams, you know, Ghana or, or Nigeria, um, you know, holds more appeal than kind of a, a low key qualifier in Mauritius. Absolutely. All right. Well, let's move on to a head-to-head uh, comparison um, of the teams. And uh, we'll begin with Nigeria versus Sierra Leone. Uh, surprisingly, uh, the record is six wins, four draws, and two losses. So Sierra Leone have done reasonably well against Nigeria. Uh, as we saw, uh, those two ties, including the incredible 4-4 tie, uh, in 2021. So um, I think uh, Sierra Leone could pose a bit of a problem, do you think? Yeah, it's, it's an interesting record. They haven't met a lot recently, um, only those two games in the last decade, which they tied. Um, yeah. But yeah, for considering the size and histories of the country, Nigeria only winning six of 12, um, certainly less than I would have expected. Yeah, mind you, it may, uh, it may uh, kind of awaken Nigeria to take them more seriously. Uh, given those results. Uh, Nigeria and Guinea-Bissau have only ever played once, and that was in the group stage of the most recent African Cup, uh, which Connor talked about, and that was a 2 nothing win for uh, Guinea-Bissau. We can pretty much expect Nigeria to beat them. Yes, a win for Nigeria. Right, and Nigeria and Sao Tome have never played each other, so uh, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw my hat in with Nigeria on that one. Uh, now, Sierra Leone and Guinea-Bissau. Uh, uh, Sierra Leone has a winning record of three wins, one draw, and no losses. 
Uh, the last time they played was in 2010, and that's where Guinea Bissau earned their draw. Um, my feeling on that one is uh, uh, Guinea Bissau have improved quite a bit, so this may not be representative. Okay, I'll move on to the last two. Interestingly, uh, Sierra Leone and Sao Tome have an equal record of two wins, no draws, and two losses. Uh, they both basically uh, won their home games and lost their away games, uh, having met in 2002 and 2013. Uh, surprised by that, Connor? I am for sure. Um, yeah, Sao Tome, uh, not a country that gets a lot of wins and does, does well to... Yeah, stay competitive in games. So very surprised by that. Yeah, these African teams can be uh, can be quite strong at home. Uh, Guinea Bissau and Sao Tome have played uh, just in 2022 World Cup qualifying, as we saw, and uh, Guinea Bissau knocked them out with two wins, and that's the only time they've ever met. So. Um, uh, that's a result we're probably expecting here. But before we discuss that, let's move on to kind of a review of their rankings. Right. So we'll look at the rankings, both the FIFA and the ELO uh, rankings. Um, Nigeria, the pot one team, they're 30th according to uh, FIFA and 53rd according to ELO. Uh, Sierra Leone, the pot two team, are 108th and 114th. Um, very uh, competitive with Guinea-Bissau, uh, who are 115th by FIFA and 105th uh, in ELO. So actually, Guinea-Bissau, the pot three team, are higher than Sierra Leone, according to the ELO ranking system. And then uh, quite a bit further down, Sao Tome and Principe, um, 189th and 181st in the two ranking systems. So kind of near the bottom. Right. And uh, in terms of their history of uh, uh, qualification, uh, Nigeria was actually around 10th spot uh, in 2006. That's perhaps a bit of an overrating. But even by ELO rankings, they're around 20th spot uh, during that time. And they've, they've uh, dropped quite a bit uh, since, since then. Uh, do you have any comments on uh, Sierra Leone? Um, Sierra Leone, um, 108, 114th now. Um, it's, they've been actually probably pretty consistent with that. Um, they were 83rd in Ju June 2017 and a high of 54th, according to FIFA, in June 2014. Um, though, interestingly, ELO kept them below 100 uh, both times. Right. Yeah, well, we talked about their inconsistency. Um, uh, inconsistency, so they tend to bounce uh, up and down a bit. But as you say, haven't gotten past 100 uh, okay, uh, just quickly, uh, Guinea-Bissau has moved up from uh, about, you know, near the bottom of the world, actually, about 190 in 2010. But those three qualifications uh, for African Cups in a row have moved them up closer to uh, 110, uh, to about 110. So good improvement over the years for them. Yeah, um, and Sao Tome, um, you know, they haven't moved up, whereas whereas Guinea-Bissau has. They're still, they've long been kind of in that 180th mark. Um, they did a kind of peak at 153rd in December 2016 in the FIFA rankings, um, but that seemed to be a bit of an anomaly. Um, they've been in the 
180s um, for the last five years since. Yeah, that more highlights the difference between FIFA and ELO. We prefer ELO. Uh, in ELO, they've constantly been around 180th. In FIFA rankings, they bounce from 190 to 150, then back down to 190. So uh, I don't think they did anything in 2016 to justify a 40-place jump. Uh, that's why we prefer ELO. All right, well, let's talk a little bit about what we think is going to happen. Uh, uh, Connor, what do you, do you want to start us off? Yeah, um, so we just looked at, at the rankings and, and even the head-to-heads, to head to and Nigeria um, really stand out. Um, this does look like a fairly easy group for them, um, for Nigeria. Sierra Leone, the pot two team, perhaps um, overrated in that position. Um, I, I do think that Nigeria are, are clear favorites. Um, I think Guinea-Bissau and Sierra Leone are going to kind of scrap it out for a second. I see them actually as as fairly equal. Um, both teams made it to the last cup but went up in the group stage. And then uh, Sao Tome, um, they don't play in the group stage often. Um, and I think they're kind of happy to be here. I, I don't expect them to really challenge with, with a point probably being a good result. Yeah, I mean, they could act as a bit of a spoiler because I think a point at home uh, is possible and that actually may make a difference in that battle for second. I agree with you. Like, um, I don't see much threat to Nigeria here. And even if the worst happened, that would probably be second place uh, rather than being knocked out of, out of the cup. But the battle for second is, is going to be quite interesting. Do you have a favorite there? Uh, Guinea-Bissau have made it to three cups in a row, uh, but they are a pot three team. Yeah, it's it's really really hard to say for me. Um, I Sierra Leone perhaps have a little bit more in terms of star names or or bigger bigger players with Kai Kamara um, and uh, and Stephen Cocker. And um, although they both went out the group stage, Sierra Leone were arguably more impressive getting draws against both Algeria and Ivory Coast. So that um, that shows that they're perhaps capable against the bigger teams. Um, Guinea-Bissau, as you mentioned, have been there three times, so they have a bit more history, but I am going to favor Sierra Leone. Oh, get out of town here. <laughs> Guinea-Bissau, I don't know if we emphasize this enough in the, in the rankings, but Guinea-Bissau is actually ahead of ELO, uh, sorry, ahead of uh, Sierra Leone in ELO rankings, which uh, I think can be trusted a bit more. It's kind of a reverse, actually, between FIFA and ELO. Uh, sorry, I sorry, I jumped in reaction. I feel guilt. No, that's <laughs> but, okay. I, I I take no offense. It's uh, it is close. So yeah. um, I take it you disagree with me in terms of yeah. place. And I like a bit of conflict at this uh, <laughs> at this stage. But yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna say. Uh, uh, Guinea-Bissau in second. For me, I do agree with you. Sierra Leone probably have more talented players, but I think Guinea-Bissau are, are playing well as a team without any really outstanding players, but, but just a solid team overall. So give me Guinea-Bissau for second, please. Do you see that the Guinea-Bissau's, um, you know, finishing second, do you see that based strictly on head-to-head, -head, or do you see kind of results against Nigeria or Sao Tome kind of turning the tide? 
Uh, that's a really good question. And I think given what I've said, uh, 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 we said Sao Tome can uh, maybe steal a point at home. And I think they're more likely to do that against the inconsistent Sierra Leone than they are against Guinea-Bissau. So, uh, yeah, um, uh, the head-to-head I see pretty even, but at the campaign level, uh, I think Guinea-Bissau is a little more consistent. Well, and Sao Tome, as as you mentioned, has an even record with Sierra Leone. So it certainly um, would be interesting if, if that was the case. It would kind of... Um, in some ways be kind of true to their to their head-to-head record so far yeah great well we don't have to wait to see because we can uh we can take a look uh, i want you to not scroll down on on um oh well uh, i'm in control uh uh don't scroll down anymore because i'll kind of leave it up to you to predict uh, what you think is going to happen the first game is guinea bissau at home to uh sao tome and principe what do you think I think Guinea-Bissau should win comfortably. I'm going to say 3 nothing. All right. It is, in fact, a 5-1 win for Guinea-Bissau there. So a good start for them. And uh, I don't think we expected Sao Tome in principle to be thrashed uh, that much, but um, uh, not a surprise. Yeah. How about Nigeria and Sierra Leone? Uh, um, a replay of that 4-4 classic in 2021 qualifying. I think Nigeria will learn their lesson and uh, win 2-0 at home. Uh, Pretty good there. That is a 2-1 win for Nigeria. Um, And uh, so uh, Guinea-Bissau tops the group after the first first round there. I'll just show it to you here. Uh, On dint of uh, scoring more goals. So next we have probably the biggest mismatch uh, in the in the round with Sao Tome and Principe playing at home to Nigeria. I guess the biggest match would be when they play away. But uh, what do you see happening there? I see nothing but a, a convincing Nigerian win. Um, I'll give Nigeria four goals this time, four goals to nothing. Well, you are so far off. It is a 10-goal win. Oh. <laughs> so actually you're not far off at all. Um, they're just uh, just by degree Nigeria filling their boots there. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Adam Ola Luckman was one of the scorers there, by the way. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And uh, Sierra Leone, this is what we talked about, Connor, uh, as being the most contentious pairing. Sierra Leone and Guinea Bissau, uh, what do you think? Well, to be consistent with my prediction, I'm going to say Sierra Leone win a tight game 1 0. Okay, and uh, my prediction, or not so much a prediction, I thought Guinea-Bissau would, would do well to come out of this with a draw. And let me see, what did I predict? Uh, I said tie possible, but 2-1 Sierra Leone, just like you. Um, but in fact, Guinea-Bissau did get a draw out of this. And um, uh, let me tell you how that went down. Uh, um they scored two quickly after halftime at 49 and 52 minutes, but uh, Sierra Leone clawed back to a draw with goals at 78 and 87. Well, good to get the draw, but probably disappointing. I, I think dropping those those points at home against their direct rival, as we see it, Guinea-Bissau, probably gives Guinea-Bissau the edge uh, in this campaign. 
Yeah, with that away draw, and and you know, in terms of in terms of play, uh, Guinea Bissau almost had that game in hand, so they will feel maybe uh, bad to 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 suffer a draw in the end, but at least good that they were two goals ahead. All right, well, that will continue on, and so the way it stands right now is um, uh, Guinea Bissau. Sorry, that's Nigeria in first with two wins. Uh, Guinea-Bissau in second with uh, with four points, Sierra Leone with one point, and Sao Tome with uh, with zero points. And um, do you think uh, uh, Sierra Leone can come back from that, or would you would you favour Guinea-Bissau after seeing those results? Um, I think it will be difficult, but they're they're good. You know, a relatively tight game in Nigeria, losing two one gives me hope that they can recover their position. So I'm not giving up uh, giving up hope yet. Right. Yeah, uh, definitely. We called it as being tight between those two teams, regardless of which way either one of us fell. So great talking to you about this, Connor. That brings us to the end of our um, uh, of the podcast. And uh, once again, I want to... Uh, oh, well, do you have any closing comments? No, great talking to you as well. Um, so we expected this group to be, you know, kind of straightforward, but we'll see. Two games in, um, four four games or four match weeks to go. Um, yeah, looking forward to seeing how this one finishes. Okay, and we talked a little bit about at the beginning if uh, people want to kind of cover information we didn't cover in this uh, podcast. Uh, I'm going to put a link to the the podcast for Nigeria, Sierra Leone, and Guinea-Bissau. And I'm also going to say what time uh, we start talking about the individual teams in those podcasts. And they can be uh, found at soccerfiles.captivate.fm. So uh, I'll actually spell out soccerfiles. It's with a P-H. It's soccerfiles, S-O-C-C-E-R, P-I, sorry, let me start again. S-O-C-C-E-R-P-H-I-L-E-S dot Captivate, C-A-P-T-I-V-A-T-E dot F-M. Um, did yeah. I cover that well enough for the listeners? You did, and and I believe if you search Soccer Files Canada, you can you can find us that way uh, as well. <laughs> that might be easier. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Great talking to you, Connor. And uh, I know you're pretty busy. You've got a newborn. Hopefully, we'll see you for uh, one or two of these other uh, groups in this twelve group qualification. Um, but thanks for coming today, too. My pleasure. Okay. All the best. Bye. Bye.